Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Commanders and welcome to episode 454 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station. And joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our SLV Banksy driver, that'd be Commander Alec Turner. I love the pause there, it was like, pause for, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? It's me, I'm the winner. Hello, good evening. <laughs> Uh, we also have our staff liaison officer, Commander Claire Good, otherwise known as Psychic. Other way around, Commander Psychic, otherwise known as Claire, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. That's not that's not my commander name. I should clarify that. Yeah, I must um, admit, <laughs> my show notes are going mental at the are moment. You, are so you okay? It's... Are you okay, Colin? <laughs> I, I, I can handle it. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, right, we also, <laughs> we also have our uh, legendary Chris Mark IV of today. Hello. Uh, who's who's always who's also doing the tech yet again? <laughs> <laughs> Hiya. So sorry about this, Chris. <laughs> yeah, forcing you to multitask whatsoever. And and we are also joined this week by a a, a award winning writer. Um, for those of you who, uh, as I was to introduce Gareth L. Powell, um, uh, you might have come across his books like Akak Macaque and uh, a few others, which uh, I do believe have won a couple of awards. Hi. So, yes. Yeah, if you could wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in-game, in open, and in the Orange Sidewinder bar near Lave. Uh, are you running around there, Chris? Yes, I'm in the bar. I'm actually in the bar at Lave Station. I am at our usual reserve table, uh, which we keep for ourselves every Tuesday night. If you can't get to us in game, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through leaveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat and go to or go to twitch.tv slash leaveradio, or you can uh, go to Twitch or Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. Uh, and I think that's it so far. Catch us there. So we'll just have a quick run around the team, see how everybody's doing. We'll start 
with, um, oh, let's go with Chris. Have you recovered, Chris? Not quite. Not quite. Uh, <laughs> I got back up the road on Sunday, went to bed pretty much, and didn't get up until about 11 o'clock yesterday um, <laughs> to recover from my uh, my sleep deprivedness from uh, ECM. But I had, a, I had a really good time while I was there. It was kind of self-inflicted staying up until 2am, but the, the, the company was worth it. Excellent. Also, Commander Psykit, how have you been holding up? I'm, I got. I came home and lurgy happened, um, full of full of like interacting with other human beings. Lurgy, which you know, um, I keep telling myself I shouldn't see other people or anything along those lines. Um, and I had escape routes. I had places to go. I had other activities that I kind of had planned that could have been an escape route. But no, I had too much fun. Too much fun was had. I'm still feeling the um the waves of that my voice isn't my voice is not good my like my throat hurts so uh we'll see how we go tonight i might excuse myself early i'm not gonna lie <laughs> oh no no problem and uh, and of course we've got alec hello yes i i escaped the lurgy but um i i was fairly broken until i'm, I'm feeling better today but i was definitely a bit broken yesterday still just um late nights and um and a certain amount of alcohol is um, several times in a row doesn't uh, <laughs> doesn't necessarily leave one feeling at one's best. I assume we will be covering ECM in a lot more detail later on in the show, um, so I won't go on about it now. But what a what a fantastic weekend! Yeah, as as Alex said, if if we all sound a little um, declined, <laughs> I think that's because of uh, ECM, uh, the Elite Community Meet, which we all attended to. Uh, and I think we will uh, we will discuss it later, but I think we're all feeling the effects. <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna be the me- the mellowest live radio you've ever heard. <laughs> no excitement today, please. Live radio, the ASMR edition. <laughs> Live Radio, the hungover edition. So, moving on from there, we'll have a quick look at the development news which have been which has been happening this week. Um, there, there hasn't been much. There was uh, an issue with the mission server in in the live game on Friday, uh, but before Sally and company all dashed down uh, to Reading, uh, they managed to fix it. So that was resolved quite quite quickly although um i think it i think it was one of those occasions where it took everybody by surprise but yeah they managed to, to turn it around quite uh, quite quickly yeah, it's funny. Um, one of the few occasions when i wasn't playing the game because i was too busy coming to ecm and then i was sat in a pub at lunchtime reading discord thinking oh there seems to be lots of problems i am well <laughs> out of it Ha-ha. Yes. Ha-ha. The other piece of news is, of course, the uh, the reason that the the live stream has been delayed is obviously because of ECM holidays, and also it's is it Gamescom this week? Yeah, it's Gamescom this week. Um, I think um, I don't know if there's, I don't know, like I mean, it's it's August, so lots of shit happens in August. It is, isn't it? Is that Germany? I did. Arthur was talking about heading. Oh off yeah, to Cologne, Cologne. Yeah. Cool. Nice. So yeah. I mean, I normally I they, do, they normally do something over there for, for yeah, yeah, commanders yeah. who turn up. So, yeah, that that should be quite interesting. Um, so, I'm afraid to say n- until we and um, until the next live stream, I don't think we we're going to get any more development news unless uh, unless they 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 throw a surprise at us. That's like uh, next Thursday, though, isn't it? A, a week? A week on Thursday? Is that right? 
Is it a week on Thursday or is it this Thursday? I can't remember. I can never tell. I think, it's, I think it was, there was a two-week delay. So I think yeah. Was, yeah. So week on Thursday. Right. Well, um, I think at this point we will bring in our guest, Gareth. Hello. Now, obviously, as as a, an author and one that enjoys a bit of sci-fi, we're doing a section at the moment where people are telling us how they discovered either the original Elite or any of the Elite franchise games. And we'd like to hear how you found it. I actually started back in uh, the late 1980s. Um, my father uh, was a headmaster at a school, and the school had a BBC Micro, you know, one computer for the whole school. And in the holidays, he would bring it home for safekeeping. And so I got to play on it during the school holidays. And I can't remember if I started with it loading it on cassette or, or floppy, but I remember flop, you know, the great big enormous floppies we used to have. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I think there was a summer I just played it constantly from noon till night and became uh, became deadly was the highest I got. And I, I never managed elite. Um, and then a couple of years ago, um, during the pandemic, I bought a, a PS4 to keep the children amused during lockdown and um, picked up a copy of Elite Dangerous on there. So it's been a steep learning curve, but um, it's been fun getting back into it. Yeah, how long have you been playing it on the console? I've been playing it ooh, about a year on and off. Oh right, so you you know you see, the problem, the thing is uh, Alan Alan Stroud who sort of said. Um, who introduced us, did wonder, it gave the impression that you'd only been playing for a couple of weeks and were just discovering it. Uh, no, I think I mean, it was from, rediscovering, wasn't it, Gareth? Rediscovering, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm finding this this version a lot more challenging than the original version um, because there's but, just so, so much, you know, it's taken me eight, ages to figure out how to change um, fire groups and stuff like that so yeah yeah there's more to it sure isn't there you've got to you know switching your hud into different modes and fire groups and god yeah so much more complicated yeah Yeah, i just want to fly about and shoot stuff but um yeah so and i find combat a lot more difficult as i said i i I raced up to deadly on the uh the old bbc version but um this version i'm still pootling along as as harmless so (laughs) I don't know if we covered this last week, actually, Colin. Did you ever? Did you get to Elite on the original? I did actually. I, I got to Elite on on several versions. Gosh, well done. <laughs> yes, yeah. I did too. I do. I do. I did too. But I do remember that um, that we didn't even call it grind in those days. What did we call it? I don't know. But it was a gameplay, long way. From... Gameplay. It's probably gameplay. gameplay. <laughs> it was I a long we... way from deadly to Elite. I think we called it sitting outside a space station and shooting the Vipers as they came out one by one. <laughs> I am so glad you said that because, that, yes, that was exactly what I remember doing was beyond a certain point, you'd you'd sit down to play Elite and you'd take off, turn around, shoot the space station, wait for the Vipers, shoot the Vipers for about 20 minutes and then go somewhere else for safety and and repeat until you got to Elite. Yeah, I hate to say this, but that only worked on the BBC. Did it? Why yeah. didn't it work on the others? Because they got wise to what people were doing on the BBC Micro, and they didn't want that to happen on on the other games. So what they did was the uh, the assigned, and then they do this a little bit to the ships in the present game as well. Uh, is each ship is assigned one uh, one kill or a, a kill value. So if you kill a cobra, that's one point. But if you kill a sidewinder, it's only half a point because it's a, it's a much worse ship. Right. So what they did was they took the Viper 
and put it as not. I think it was not point one. So sneaky. You'd have to kill a hundred vipers to kill the equivalent of a cobra, or something like that. Now, I think they put that in from the um, the spectrum version onwards. Huh. I did not know that. That's fascinating. And the the other thing to also remember is that because you go up each rank, each rank doubles. So even if you get to deadly, you're only halfway there. (laughs) (laughs) That'll explain why I never got beyond deadly. Yeah. I mean, I must, I must admit that that was the first introduce, introduction to the word grind, I think, is the last. And then on Spectrum, you used to have these hacks that would actually tell you how much, how much percentage you have left. And I'm, I'm telling you, the last 10 to 15% was, was a bit of a grind. <laughs> but you were just doing it to get that, that elite thing and turn up in your... Um, in your commander status. Yeah. There was supposed to be a badge, wasn't there? But I'm sure I sent off for it, but I never got it. Maybe they spotted that I'd been killing vipers for the last rank and decided that I didn't deserve it. Um, <laughs> it's funny you should mention the badge thing because what happened is they only allowed it for the first year. Uh... If if it took you longer than a year, the offer had been closed. Oh, I was robbed. <laughs> that was me about to say you should write an angry letter. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure they don't get many of those, so I'm, I'm sure my angry letter would go straight to the top of the inbox. So, so Gareth, obviously rediscovering this, how did you find all of a sudden the galaxy size? Did that did that hit you as yeah, something that, overwhelming? Yeah, that kind of did my head in because on the on the, the BBC one, I think you had was it five or six galaxies, and you could pretty much fly across one in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was this is a whole different level. Um, so basically what I've been doing is just pootling around the galaxy sightseeing um, and trying to stay out of trouble. Yeah, um, a fine occupation. I do that a lot myself. Yeah, I, I had a... Um, oh, my mind's just gone blank. The Explorer. What's it called? Asp Explorer. Uh, Asp no, or Diamondback, one of the two. A Diamondback, yes. Uh, I had a di- Diamondback Explorer and I liked it, but in combat it was like trying to steer a cow. Yeah. So um, I've, I've just got a, a, a vulture. With, with all the go faster stripes, and I'm zooming around shooting at stuff now. That that sounds good. Um, have you had a chance to to try out the um, the vehicle driving no, around I've the settlements and things like that? I've not done that yet. I, I, I'm I'm still figuring out how to get onto the ground um, without leaving a smoking crater. So. <laughs> Can I yes. ask Gareth? Actually, I was I was curious. I I, I confess I haven't read your fiction. But yeah. um, is I, I, I mean I'm, you've written a lot, so I'm sure it jumps around a lot. But does your fiction tend to be set in a a big, wide, massive galaxy, or is it tend, or is it sort of more focused on maybe one particular society or, or planet? Um, or well, I've written in eleven novels, and eight of them have been space opera. Right. Okay. Um, cool. Most of them featuring a a lone space pilot and their trusty battered starship. <laughs> so it gels very well with Elite Dangerous then by the sound. Well, I mean it's a it's a direct influence because as right. I say I played it when I was growing up and right. then okay. playing Elite led me on to the Traveller role playing game. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> you know, and that that's kind of uh, the progression is there and, and the um uh that several people have picked up in some of my books, uh, especially a, a book called The Recollection, that there's a strong kind of elite slash traveller 
influence going on there. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Um, yeah the it, it's funny you should mention Traveller because I remember looking at Traveller and seeing some, a lot of similar equipment <laughs> to what you saw in the original Elite game. I just yeah. thought it, it was a bit too much of a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, like the same sort of modules and <laughs> yeah, Ulster yeah, yeah. lasers, right. beam lasers. The, the, well, there were two great things about Traveller. The first one was it was the only role-playing game I've ever played where your character can actually die during character generation. <laughs> and the second one was um, that the ship's computers could only handle two programs at once. So you had to take a turn swapping the disks over in the ship's computer if you wanted to, say, navigate and fight. Or if you wanted to bring on the defensive systems, you had to spend a turn swapping the discs over. So it was it was very much of its time. Wow. Yeah, that, that was that was the old days, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's when you go back to to watching the original Star Wars and they're on about hunting down the tapes full yeah. of that stuff. <laughs> mm. Really? I, I yeah. I don't remember that line. When did I say that? Uh, it, it, I think it's in one of the earlier versions. They, they cut it out in the special edition. But right. I, in, the, in the original novel, it was the, they were trying to get hold of the Death Star plans, which were on tape. <laughs> on tape. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you're not the only one who's, who's got into um, Elite Dangerous from the, from the very beginning. Um, we've got quite a few people who are uh, who one of the things we did last week was we we put a question over twitter about uh, what's people's first experiences and um yeah it sounds as if you'd be put gareth in what is classified as the 84s right (laughs) because that's the the game originally came out in 84 and anybody who played it on the the original platform are all called the 84s it's very much a um it's very much a hard line, isn't it? There's the people who've played it literally from the beginning and then the people who have picked it up as Elite Dangerous. I've, from like the responses that we've had, it's very much a hard line between those two. Nobody's nobody's picked it up and been on like Frontier First Encounters and gone, oh, you know, I'm going to continue playing. It's very much it, you're from the beginning or you're from when ED came out. Yeah, that is true, isn't it? You don't sort of hear anyone saying they they discovered FFE and then went back and and went back and picked up the original Elite. And... Yeah, for sure. That's really that. I wa- I wonder if there's anything about that particular game, Gareth. Did you play anything between the BB- your BBC experience and then your Elite Dangerous experience? Did you play any of the other games in the middle? No, no. Um, I didn't really have a computer for many years. Um, oh, okay, okay. And then um, I had other things to do, like write books and stuff. So I, I tried, <laughs> pretty much stayed away from gaming because I, I knew that if I got too into it, I wouldn't write nearly as many books and wouldn't be able to afford to buy any more games. So yeah. a vicious circle. But I did about five or ten years ago, there was like a crowdsourced version of the original that came out online for a while. can't remember what it was called. Is that Oolite? Yes, that was it. And I dabbled with that just for old time's sake, but I didn't really play it much. If there was a crowdsource version, it, it would probably have been Oolite. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. What happened was people took the core game and then added bits onto it uh, yeah. that they, they, want, they wanted from the original. 
people still play that, actually. It's quite weird. I never played it. What sort of things did people add on? Extra missions and stuff like that, or more fundamental things? People would write mission packs, and then you could pick up the mission packs. It's where Drew Wagar and company all, and Dave Hughes all started getting right. Okay. Yeah, getting into it in big ways. Obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm reading Akak Makak at the moment, and the one thing that struck me was the fact that the alternative reality in that one. Obviously, if you're playing in the, on the PlayStation, you haven't had a chance to, to try Elite Dangerous in VR. No. I, I guess it will say, if you ever get a chance, try it, because... Um, it does sound fantastic. Alec, would you like to describe how, how you were feeling at ECM on that thing, just to <laughs> give him a flavour? Well, yeah, a brief, a brief anecdote will come on more later. But yeah, uh, there was a guy there with a full motion rig as well. So not only did you have a... He had a very nice VR headset. There's a there's a whole range of different VR headsets you can buy. He had the what's called, uh, the Pimax, and the, the neat thing about the Pimax is it has an extremely wide angle of vision. You know, a lot of them tend to, although they're all astonishing. There is a sense that you're sort of people refer to wearing a ski mask. You're you're very much aware of these sort of this border around the periphery of your. Um, vision but but the Pimax you, you sort of almost don't you're not even aware of that you know you look out the corners of your eye and you can still see the virtual world the the edges of the headset are completely out of view it's amazing so yeah com- combine a very good headset um, and a a full motion rig that sort of rocks you around in in time with the motion that you're seeing um, a roller coaster simulator uh, and a stinking hangover um, oh, <laughs> was not a good combination and uh, yeah it was it was all i could do not to hurl <laughs> oh, well, maybe, yeah maybe uh, well, to the playstation then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah if you if you get slight motion sickness i don't think it's it's for it's for you um right well what we'll do is we'll, we're going to go through um some of our, our suggestions if anything sparks in a memory for you feel free to to jump in okay. uh from but from last week, we asked what everybody's elite dangerous origin stories were. I'll start off with the first one. We've got Commander Duck Duck One, who says he bought a copy of Elite Dangerous for himself and a friend in Christmas 2020. But after trying to get his own pilot's license, so he figured he'd need a Hotas, oh, which is hand-on throttle and stick. It's one of these massive controllers that you can get before being able to play, and but lost interest. But later that year, caught wind of a free fly event in Star Citizen, gave that a go and got interested in the, in the genre again. Having got the hot ass and a VR headset, he gave Elite another go. And he's just been playing Elite ever since. Interesting. Interesting Amazing. That, yeah, nice that the switch to POTUS and VR sort of finally clinched it. I think it does play completely yeah. different when you're using a, a sort of joystick and throttle like that. I think it it's all... I would say it's almost essential for Elite for like the the full gameplay. I know that people can do it on uh, console controllers and stuff like that, but I, I think I would struggle with sort of mouse and keyboard and things like that. Yeah, interesting. I, I guess they all go towards that immersion thing. Like I, I mean, I did start on mouse and keyboard, but I although I have VR, I, I can play on a screen and sort of not even. I suppose I'm so used to doing it. I've got a decent screen that I can sort of, I'm not even, I, I don't tend to think about looking at a screen. I tend to lose myself in the game. But I suppose all these extra little things like having a hotess just helps you believe in the reality of the game more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good one. 
for sure. Shall I do the next one? Uh, this is Indigo. Um, I don't know whether this is the Indigo we've had on this the show. This is Commander Indigo. Indigo. This is Commander Indigo that we've had on the show. Oh, okay. And not the Indigo that makes fantastic videos and has just made another one, by the way. Um, right, Indigo. <clears throat> I came across a review entitled Elite Dangerous. Space travel is boring, but it's as addictive as hell. I think I've seen that article. Um, always been a bit wary of fast Twitch games, scarred by the invasion of conquering nine-year-olds at my local video arcade when I was in high school. So the idea of a beautiful space simulation that wasn't afraid to be slow was right up my alley. Yeah, that's a nice point, actually. Not afraid to be slow. I like that. That's true of Elite, isn't it? So brave. So brave. I'm being <laughs> facetious. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, the, it's You can go quite literally all guns blazing in Elite, and you can... I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that grind word again. Um, you can do that, but then the other on the flip side of that, you can do, for example, what Gareth is doing and pootle around and taking some beautiful sights. Indeed, yeah, you can do almost nothing. I mean, you can literally just fly a spaceship and yeah, almost nothing. Maybe land occasionally and scan a few plants. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the that's definitely the appeal to me is the fact you can just go wherever you want. You don't. You're not sort of shepherded along and nagged by increasingly difficult missions if you don't want to be you can just... yeah and it's not um what's the word it's not a survival game so you're not obliged to get well unless you've got a fleet carrier and you're desperately trying to keep support its upkeep but generally you know there's no there's you know there's no incentive on you to you don't have to earn a certain amount of money every week to keep going which is nice you don't even have to boot it up every day or every week it's great it's not one of those. It's not one of those ones that you just. It 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 can be. It can be one of those games that you just feel drawn to. And I think it's quite evident that there are folks of us, those of us who are drawn to elite in the same way that we're drawn to other immersive video games and things along those lines. But it's very. Um, it's also one of those games where you can pick it up and put it back down again, which is lovely. Yeah, I, I wish I'd made a. A note of this, but I saw it was either Facebook or Twitter. But there was just just somebody was just posting the question. So, how long have some of you been out of the bubble? And the answers, the bubble, wowza. The answers were awesome. I mean, it it was just such a gamut of you know, either people would sort of chip in and go, "I've been out for a couple of weeks doing this," and then there are other people. I haven't been back in the bubble for like three years, and you just think, "Wow, what a game!" (laughs) Where some people have genuinely just not been involved in the core gameplay they've just gone out exploring for years <laughs> yeah i'm that. thinking i'm thinking specifically of commander picard who's decided yeah, absolutely but it's not alone you know there 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 are picard fiery toad um there's quite a few i i yeah. can't think of any other names and then yeah. the, there's the folks who have like the multiple accounts and then have one of those accounts where they go out for for ages as well. Couldn't be me, but everyone else. <laughs> I get it. I, I, do, I do understand it. I understand that that thing. Um, we have um, Atrus5060, who got into the game due to an article in PC Gamer on the discovery of the Guardian Ruins. After that, and a whole series of YouTube videos to learn more about the game, he, they bought it and loved almost every minute of it. 
I was I was going to say that's like a great point to get into the game when the sort of story was building up and all the excitement around that. I always find it fascinating when people join at that particular moment of the game. Like, for example, people might be reading about the Fargoid War at the moment yeah. and going, oh, now's the time to jump into Elite. And I always wonder what that little barrier is when they join and suddenly realise, oh, there's a little bit to go until I get to the war. <laughs> People who have joined in like the last year, and they are they do exist. Um, people who have joined and started playing Elite in the last year on like the live servers, it must be so crazy. <laughs> it must be <laughs> such a wild ride. That's so funny. Um, and we've got a uh, Commander Core uh, feeling feeling. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, I was a diehard space sim fan, and it looked absolutely amazing. I started playing in late 2016. Truthfully, in real life, I was born too late to play the original in the 80s. Uh, born 1981. I'm the same as you. I was, I'm was. i I'm far too young to have played the original. Um, <laughs> we're young and cool, psychic. Young and cool! It's important, it's important that we keep mentioning it. Yeah, I'm just going just to keep pointing it out for everyone else. Um, uh, I, somehow, I somehow found every other space um, in the 1990s. Anyway, uh, Elite Dangerous is wonderful. Spot on. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Spot on and accurate. Oh dear. These were ones that came in over the last week when I didn't do a um when I didn't do a um question of the week this week because I wasn't feeling very well and then it got too late. Um we the final final one that we have here is from Misery Court. He says, um it, qu- open quotes, let me tell you about a place called Raxler, and after that they were hooked. <laughs> Each to their own. <laughs> Everyone that was at ECM has now seen the roadmap to Raxler. So, 100%, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we'll come on to that. That was funny. It, it's interesting, actually. In all the, I, was, I was thinking about in all these um, origin stories, what we haven't had, I'm sure I'm sure it's out there, but what, what we haven't had is, I um, don't know if anyone remembers around about the time of Distant Worlds 2, felt like a real peak i mean it was in all sorts of press we literally had um uh the astronaut uh i've forgotten his name but you know sort of saying good luck to everyone heading out on distant worlds too and there was even a feature in new scientist on it and i liked the idea of somebody who was sort of not a video gamer at all but was massively into their space stuff sort of picking up their weekly copy of new scientist and then reading an article about this video game and thinking what the hell? I have to get into that. There must be someone out there that's uh, for whom that is their origin story. I think. <laughs> I feel like there there are quite a few people. Th- this doesn't include me, but there are people who are who don't play really anything else other than other than elite. Maybe dabble in some other other yeah. things but there are people out there who only play elite and i'm sure i'm sure i've had a flight assist interview where they they, they mentioned something along those lines yeah i do remember that as, as something of a heyday you know where you um i don't know you had sagittarius i magazine that was on sale yeah. in, um, in forbidden planet and, and it was literally on the television almost it was like wow <laughs> wild times gareth um, i'm one of those people who literally only plays elite I was gonna. I was gonna ask. That was the the next thing, the next thing that that I was I was gonna ask. So there's no, there, there's nothing else that piques your interest, is it? Do you feel then it's the space rather than get games, effectively? 
Yeah, kind of, because, you know, there are some days when you just want to be alone in a spaceship mm-hmm. several light years from the nearest human being, and that kind of um, that scratches that itch in some ways. It's funny, I could almost imagine similar games that weren't set in space. But, oh, I suppose there's things like the um, the trucking games and things, aren't there, that uh, I, I'm guessing have a similar feel to them of relaxation and not. But, um, but yeah, the combination of, the, of that style of gameplay in space yeah. is different what does it for me. I, I don't really play anything else. I, I think I, I think you know I, I played Stray from start to finish, and, and that's about it. And then I was straight back into Elite and don't really play anything else. Yeah, I don't really play any other games. Not me. I, I dabble That's every a once full in a while. Lie. That's a full <laughs> I'm lie. pretty sure I've seen you play other games. Um, <laughs> I do play other games. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Elite is one of the things. I, I just keep coming back to it. So I might get distracted when something else comes out. You know, I imagine there'll be a lot of people distracted for a little bit when Starfield and things like that come back, come out. But then you always sort of end up going back to elite and exploring, or, or you know, trying to unlock a new thing or seeing a new site that's uh, that's emerged, you know, because it's just you know it's sort of always there as a bit of a constant. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I think we we should move on to the community news. Now, there's there's actually quite a lot of videos that we've we've mentioned. Really, you want me to go down them, Colin? Or yes. Right. Okay. Uh, yes, it's been a, it's been quite a week for videos, actually. In fact, I realise I've missed one out. Right. So from the top, there is a a genuinely extraordinary video by Clevy uh, Harris. Um, the video is called "This Is What 668 Gigabytes and 71 Hours <laughs> of Elite Dangerous Time Lapse Looks Like." It's it's five minutes long. So as you can imagine, 71 hours and five minutes. There's just it it. it it's a nice bit of music, and it cuts between about a dozen different time-lapse sequences, I think. Most where the camera is in a fixed position and you're watching a, you know, a Coriolis whiz round or you're parked outside a Coriolis just watching ships come and go at, you know, 100 times the normal speed. It, it's just absolutely mesmerizing. I've watched it about three times now. Has anyone else seen it? It's been out about a week now, I think. Um, I did watch it when I saw it in the in the show notes. It is an amazing, amazing sort of one. I'm a little bit jealous because the uh, the bit of my uh, throttle that I've assigned for the camera suite drifts slightly. So if I don't tab oh, out no. the game, my <laughs> my camera starts to drift slowly. And I was sitting there looking at it going, "Oh, they've got they've got really good setup on theirs because theirs isn't drifting at all." Um, yeah, rock solid. Uh, watching the the Coriolis spin. It, it might not be the most beautiful bit of the video, but it was the most funny for me watching the Coriolis going round and round and round, round at breakneck speed. Um, yeah. I like the bit when he's parked in front of the mail slot and there's literally just dolphins coming <laughs> and waiting and then going in and then going out again. And then <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, it's good. Um, right, let's press on. Um, so, next on the list, uh, this came out while I was at ECM and tickled me greatly is the the latest High Wake video entitled Elite Dangerous, Is It Dead? So um, beautiful, High Wake getting on the Is is Elite Dangerous Dead video. Of course it's not, and that's the point of the video, and it's very funny. Um, I quite enjoyed reading the comments on the video. I don't know if I haven't been back to them recently, but some people I think maybe didn't watch the video or didn't get it and are sort of saying, 
sort of agreeing that it is dead and it's like uh that's the point of the video it's not <laughs> read anyway. the room people <laughs> yeah <laughs> or even watch the video that, that might be helpful they're just looking at the title thinking yeah i agree with that very funny I, I'm, I'm assuming we've all seen this one it's yeah it's a kind wake right onwards onwards and upwards uh number three there's a video from commander heliax called elite dangerous ultimate trailer um actually i haven't checked is this actually new or did i only just pick up on it and it's been out for a while i've i've seen this it I, what he's, what he's sorry, done it, it, what he's done is he's taken all the elite trailers that um have ever existed or, or everyone that uh, frontiers come out with and what they've gone and done is they have gone and cut and paste and re-edited them all into one big uh one big obviously video it's uh, great. It's good editing work, isn't it? It's nice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it kind of reminds you that sort of the trait, uh, you know, it, it covers everything from the very beginning all the way through to Odyssey. And I, I think it's really well done, especially the bit where it flips right at the very beginning between a, an old BBC version and then just fades in a Coriolis over uh, the old wireframe Coriolis so that it just flips in and back between the old BBC version and the and the modern version. And I then, think that's yeah. a different video. That's a different one, and that's not on my list. That was the one I was thinking I should have included. Yeah, in that, that, it's that, Indigo's latest video, video, isn't it? Yeah, I think is so. It? I think oh, so. Okay. Heliax is the, the ma- mashup of all of the... You, you, I think you're conflating the two of them. Um, so Heliax is the mashup of all the um, the trailers and um, like edited together all the trailers and it looks fantastic. And then the other one is the one where it's sort of... Um, I think Homburg might have tagged us in it on Twitter. I'll add it to the show notes. <laughs> it goes to prove again, ECM. It's it's mushed my brain. Yeah, we're all we're all a bit a bit mushy. Can I find it? Can I find it? Indigo's video is called Interblack. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, I've got a link for it, but it's Interblack by Indigo. That's the one that cuts from the beep to the the Coriolis in a very nice way. Ah. Uh, the last one I did have on my list was. Um, uh, are we all going to sing this one? <laughs> old man. <laughs> it's old, old man's score. No. <laughs> Please no. Please no, because I am the one who gets all the rap for it, and it wasn't my... It was it was commentary on you guys being ridiculous. I know. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I just found out that... Well, at EZM, I found out that I'm older than him, so, you know, it's that says something. Yeah, that was why it was funny, Colin, because you oh. were so obviously older than him. Which means I definitely am. Hi to Ascorbius, if you're listening. It was um, lovely to see you at ECM. And man, I sincerely hope your hangover has recovered because uh, I'm guessing you had one. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> this is a, a fantastic conclusion to his Aftermath series. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been saving them up, so I'm going to be watching them back to back all the way through. So, uh, yeah. I'll catch up with that later. Um, Right, so if you know of any community events which are taking place and would like to shout about them across the airwaves uh, via um, the wonderful Twitter of Elite Radio, um, let us know and uh, we will will put them in the show. So um, I think um, we'll take a short ad break and come back with the in-game events. From the creators of luggage limpets and passenger lounge suitcase shuttles comes the latest revolution in passenger transportation. The Passenger Cannon. 
For centuries, circus performers have perfected the technique of being fired from a cannon. Paired with our new memory gel passenger pod impact absorption technology, you too can speed up disembarkation times from your liner by up to 250%. No longer be limited by pad sizes and excessive docking fees with the passenger cannon. But how does it all work? First, all passengers will be issued with a passenger pod inflation suit during transit. On approach to your passenger's destination, simply fill the inflation suit with our patented impact-absorbing memory gel. Then, once in a stable position in proximity to the destination, effortlessly slide them into the disembarkation chamber ready for launch. The passenger cannon is now available in both gimbaled and turreted varieties to make aiming elementary. Make your liner one of the top 1% in the galaxy. Buy a passenger cannon today. Warning, passenger cannon must not be operated on high gravity planets or near geezers. My dad taught me a lot of things. Good things, like how to avoid a Thargoid shutdown field, always have a rebuy, and don't forget your limpets. But what he really showed me was a good gun in the right hand can win any fight. It doesn't matter what you're wearing, doesn't matter who you are, the best tool wins out every time. Don't take a risk, take the best. Kinematics. The Kinematic L6 will destroy anything on foot. High explosive, high damage, the only way to remove a target. Load up, Lock on, take them out, and say goodbye. Make those bodies pile up just like Dan. Space is vast, and pirates have needs just like anyone else. Introducing the Lonely Pirate Handbook, the ultimate resource for lonely pirates. Our guide covers the hot spots and not spots of interstellar space from smugglers dens to space station taverns with helpful chapters such as how to be presentable in polite society how to get rid of that nefarious rank and my favorite occasionally shower are your early advances often mistaken for attempts to rob or plunder oh i've come a long way for what's in your hold prepare to be boarded frameship charge detected oh Buy today and receive the Lonely Pirates chat-up guide for free. I've got a very large hot point. Would you like to see my very large hot point? You're so hot. You're making my temperature critical. Lower your shields. I want to inspect the goods. Come back to my place. I might let you touch my e-rated anaconda. Are you smuggling illegal goods? Because you've got fine written all over you. The Lonely Pirate's Handbook. Now available in all Anarchy bookstores. We'll teach you to loot anyone's heart. And welcome back. Uh, well, Gareth has left us. Thanks to Gareth for turning up. For those of you uh, who might be interested in picking up his books, uh, just to let you know, there is uh, he has an existing... Um, series at the moment called the the continuance there is stars and bones which was out last year and there's the descendant machine which is coming out later this year if it hasn't already come out um and i personally i would uh i would recommend akak macaque because it's um <laughs> it's so bonkers it's brilliant 
I believe Continuance is the series he said was um, very close to Elite at heart. Did I hear that right? I think I heard that right. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, uh, thank, thanks to, to Mr. Powell for coming on and sharing his Elite experience. Um, so, in the game events, what has been happening in the game itself? Well, on Thursday the 17th of August, a new ancient alien battleground was discovered. Um, or rather, it's been announced that it's been discovered. Uh, so, this is yet again another planet where there is both Thargoid and Guardian ruins and wreckage found uh and is it just me or is there are the guardians doing something weird i haven't been out there i don't know what you mean uh well i don't know whether this was a mock-up or or something like that but someone saw that there were three or four of the guardian um oh well you know i know what you're going to say the 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 station the stationary behavior where they were just stuck around and yeah, was was that just a bug or? A, a... I, I think so. People can chip in on this, but I believe so. I was chatting to someone at ECM. It may even have been one of the people that filmed it. Um, yeah, I think it was a bug. I, I, ah. you know, pe- people have tried. I think the birds tried quite hard to recreate it and couldn't. Yeah, because you know. the, the, there is a video of it where you're just looking at them, and it looks as if these these guardian. Um, yeah. The, these guardian vessels are just basically talking to one another. They're having it's, a stand-up. I'm sure we've all seen it with um, Thargoids, where they, they sort of just go passive on you, and, and then you can just film them to your heart's content, and they basically sit there doing nothing. I've, I've certainly had a couple of Thargoids do that, but yeah, so I, I don't don't think it's related to this. Oh, that's a pity. I had my mm. hopes up that we were going to end up with the, the guardians suddenly coming into to into play, but um, still, I still uh, have it on my list to try and kite a sentinel a long way. But um, again, I doubt that will mean anything. Even if I can do it, I yeah. have one follow me in my SRV for miles and miles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Friday the eighteenth, the Duvals have now rallied around the Imperial Mother as she has deteriorated, or has she got better? It's it's one of these things that the Imperial Royal Family are quite tight-lipped about. We know that uh, the Emperor herself has gone and visited her mother at some point, and we know that um, the Imperial Mother wishes that all parts of the Imperial family would get along <laughs> instead of at each other's throats, but that's that's not that's no fun. You want the Imperial family at each other's throats. I thought that was the whole point <laughs> of an Imperial family. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, I, this just dropped today, the case against um, Zelico Zack. Can someone bring me, clue me in on this one? Because Life I is imitating a... art, Colin, by the sound, <laughs> or art is imitating um, life. Um, somebody, um, one of these... Uh, journalists is like we're going to be we're going to reinvestigate um zachary rackham because we think he's the same person as calico zach who apparently was a notorious pirate lord because zachary rackham all of his mates are Mm -hmm. also a bit nefarious and um uh dodgy as fuck um they're like hey let's let's do some more investigation into zachary rackham and see if we can pin him down as a notorious notorious crime lord 
and um, like maybe maybe impeach him or something along those lines or I don't know whatever whatever the equivalent would be in thirty three oh nine um, but do some sort of like investigation so he then doesn't run for federation leader because it will not be a good time <laughs> apparently <laughs> yes oh. <laughs> I wonder what the parallel for this is. Um, I wonder, I wonder. <laughs> it's funny, re-reading this and reading about Calico Zack and his, um, the fact that he, he tended, what was it, he tended not to sort of kill people but just steal from them. I was getting sort of Dread Pirate Roberts vibes, actually, and I was I was starting to question whether he was actually a bad guy or whether we were meant to be slightly um, rooting for this swashbuckling <laughs> founder. Oh man! Probably not. It's probably a complete bastard. But there you go. In before it turns out that Calico Zack is actually the winking cat, and the winking cat <laughs> makes some um, makes some sort of um, statement that we end up following via clues, maybe around Christmas time, to prove that he is actually he was actually Calico Zack and not um, uh, not Zachary Rackham. For but you know he's a winking cat, Calico. You know it's right there. It's right there. I, I just feel the, the enthusiasm you're going to get from me is about Calico's also being cats. Winking Zach. Winking Zach. Oh, nice one. Nice one. Do you, do you think that the, the federal election is going to be delayed yet again? It all depends on whether or not um, Frontier were keeping up with their, um, their schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not... Sorry to be the worst person ever. I'm I'm just wondering if all these stories coming out about all the different political opponents, does this mean that LCU stands more of a chance now of uh, winning the election? Still no. Still no. <laughs> no. Certainly not after winning after, wrestles, after winning yes. all the raffle prizes. That I Has any friends left after that? I am I am so tempted, psychic, to say your character wouldn't know that information. <laughs> <laughs> my character wouldn't know that information absolutely absolutely but this isn't a game where i have to role play <laughs> right well that brings us to the end of this week's news uh which means that it's that time of the week again Score a lot. in the bi-weekly newsletter here come pain jobs for your art in the And welcome back. Well, first off, I would invite everybody to put on your sunglasses because the Asp Explorer pop art paint jobs have arrived. Uh, Known as Biff, Smash, Wham, Bang and Smack, which is probably Batman's favourite fisticuff sounds. Um, Yes, these, these are a bit bright. The, the 70s is looking at them and going, oh, God, no. <laughs> they sure are. They look to me like white ships that have sort of painted, parked themselves just the other side of a, like a, a disco light projector or a, or a stained glass window or something. Do you know what I mean? It always looks like it's projected onto it. 
Yeah, Abba's cold. They want their, some of their costumes back. Nah, not even <laughs> Abba would wear this. <laughs> I, f- I think I it's... Go on, go on, Chris. Sorry, I keep doing that today. Um, I think it's a bit like um, someone's, you know, they've, they've taken it to the paint shop and they've only had sort of little uh, offcuts left, like little bits remaining from other paint jobs. So then they've just had to make do with what they've had and, and, and style it out. I think I think that's that's what they've done. I don't know why I don't hate the gold, yellow and orange one as much as the rest. And that's the brightest they they're a, they're a bit jazzy as my something that my husband says when i wear anything with color in it <laughs> um but they are they are a smidge jazzy yeah they're not really what you would call good for camouflage i mean there's not many that are that are great for camouflage are they i would like love the idea of a pilot going god i'm i'm silent running and i've got my lights off but they still keep hitting me how can they see where i'm going <laughs> You're a big yellow beacon in space, you idiot. Uh, yeah, one looks like a, a one definitely looks like a cheese wedge, and the other one looks like cheese gone off. Um, so, yes, but that is not all. They have also been um, highlighting the new Metro Expedition Pack. Is this new or is it? Yeah, is it's it, new. It's new. Um, I hate to say it, but this is, this looks like I'm going biking. I was going to say, I'm sure I've had a ski jacket that looks exactly like that. It's courier. It's bike couriers. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not keen on this either. It's, it's big swings and misses for me today. Um, not, it, it's not something that I'm going to be rushing out to go and get. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I've, I've already bought some this month anyway, so um, they've got my money. So. <laughs> I was going to say, I am indeed seeing lots of screenshots with the recent, um, what was it called? The one with the hood and the uh, the mirrored visor. And yeah, yeah, look, yeah. Um, awesome. I haven't got it yet, but I, I haven't seen screenshots. Definitely going to have to get that. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> right. Well, I guess we'll take yet another, another short ad break before we come back with our main discussion. Dreams. Humanity's dreams. The hope to live among the stars. From early times, we've gazed up to the heavens and wondered if one day we could travel there, maybe even live there. The Brewer Corporation has made this dream a reality, constructing intricate cathedrals of metal circling numerous planets across thousands of systems in our human bubble. Why stay rooted in a gravity well when you can be free in orbit, free to dream, free to live, and one day to become a commander and be free to blaze your own trail? Brewer Corporation the first step into the unknown. Come join us. Be free. Hey kids, it's Azimuth Biotech. Hey, and we're here to tell you some sad news. Aww. Our knuckleheads down at the Starshine Imaginarium were a bit too true to life when they made the new Hunter class of Tickle Me Thargoid. And on the advice of our lawyers, 
Azimuth Biotech is asking for all of you to return your Tickle Me Thargoid glaives to your nearest toy store to receive a full refund. We would also like to offer our heartfelt condolences to the Jones family in HIP 71682 and invite them on an all-expenses-paid trip to Hind Mine in Titari so that our top scientists can do everything they can to save little Astrid's sight. Keep your eyes peeled for a Titanic surprise coming to a toy store near you soon. This has been a message from Azimuth Biotech. Remember, you owe us. And welcome back. <laughs> uh, it's just some dark humor happening in the background there. Poor Astrid. Poor anyway, Astrid. Anyway, um, what do we want to talk about? Well, I think we should talk about the reason why we, we all sound a little woolly, I think is the best way to... <laughs> To describe it, um, we are still recovering from the Elite Community Meet, which happened on Saturday, uh, last Saturday, uh, down in Reading, where um, uh, Mr. Pearson, who we had on last week, uh, and the the rest of the, uh, well, mostly hut and truckers, but there, there were other people involved as well, uh, they put together uh, a community bash, and uh, I think this was the, the first one since LaveCon, really, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So Kind of, yeah. I mean, I did have a meet-up like oh, um, yeah. a few months ago, <laughs> <laughs> which was which was indeed lovely. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't anything with um, like that was just a meetup of people, you know. It wasn't like stuff where things had been organised for for you all and 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 stuff like that. It 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 was it was entirely different. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, there was an awful lot happening. Um, <laughs> so, I think I'll, I'll ask everybody in turn um, what was the f- what bits stood out the most, and then we'll I was gonna say maybe read. one highlight each, like we did a few weeks back with something else, and then go around again if we've got another one or something. Which way? Yeah. Um, okay, we will start with you, Alec. Apart from, are, are you going to mention the puke monster, or is it something else that you want to discuss? Uh, look, do you know? I mean, well, I might go. I have a chronological list. Uh, my, oh, cool. So, but anyway, my, my first highlight, and reflecting on this in a way, it's 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 often my highlight of of these things like lave cons in the past as well. Um, and it's not to say that all the stuff that Dave and crew put on wasn't absolutely astonishing, and and I massively appreciated it. But what I really love, what I really love about these events is 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 Friday afternoon. So I so I went early on Friday. Uh, I swung past Dave's mum's house to pick up more gear because um, it happened to be directly on my way. So I got to the hotel. Uh, I don't know about midday, one-ish, I suppose. And uh, I went to the pub across the road, and then I came back and I settled into the beer garden outside the hotel. And I love that that time when you know there's about two people there that you you recognise, and you're sitting there having your first beer of the day. And then somebody, you know, Wotherspoon turns up, and you say hi to Wotherspoon, and he's you know, and then somebody else turns up, and you you start making the circle of chairs outside bigger and bigger. And before you know it, that Friday afternoon just slowly and beautifully drifts into a long and late Friday evening and you just don't move. I just love that. I absolutely love it. I, th- I think also I like the Friday because I'm still feeling quite good. And then Saturday I'm 
I spend half of Saturday trying to trying to recover enough to enjoy myself again. So yeah, I just as my first highlight, it was it was that just just drinks on a Friday afternoon and chat and and us, you know, it was really nice for the whole Lave Radio crew to get together because because yeah, I've never, without I've never Ben, sort of, I've ne- well without Ben, I have met Ben several times, so I, that would have been even nicer. Sorry, Ben, but even so, just just. The, the bunch of us talking was um was an absolute joy <laughs> <laughs> even if, even though you thought i was from foreign parts even though yeah. i thought you, you were polish and i couldn't Not tell me. one oh my and, God. and i couldn't tell one scottish person from another and <laughs> i just started to chase in. a deer off into the field i mean i was quite drunk to be honest but okay. <laughs> There was a, there was a good point in the night where I'm staring into the distance while everyone else is talking, going, "Is that a tree trunk or is that a deer? Is that a tree trunk or is that a deer?" And I had that going around in my head for so long that eventually I had to blurt it out, out loud and get other people's opinion. <laughs> oh man, amazing! Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was there. Yeah, I remember Chris. You, you looking over there and going, "That's a deer." Is <laughs> a deer? And I'm looking over there. I go, "I don't think I can see that far at the moment." <laughs> it was a big fella too. It was, but then, but then, cut to everyone running over to it to see if it moved or not, um, and and it did. It ran away as quickly as it could. All these drunken people running to me, I'm running away. <laughs> how, about you, how about you then, Chris? What, what highlight first comes to mind with you? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, highlight first comes to mind. Well, obviously, uh, Alec, Alec very much stole my thunder with uh, getting to see everyone in person and um, sort of put uh, faces to the disembodied voices that I speak to on a weekly basis. Um other bits that I like seeing. I liked having a little look at some of the retro consoles and stuff that were around the room. There's lots of devices that I have just never seen before. Some making extraordinary noises. I spent a lot of time <laughs> trying to identify where a buzzing noise was coming from, only to find out it was one of the consoles in the corner of the room. It was absolutely nothing to do with what we were working on at the front. It was just yeah. buzzing at the right frequency to get in my ear. Um, yeah, there was, there was tons, like all the different different sort of original elite things were there so lavecon last year there was a um a, like the retro gaming room but i didn't actually get to spend that much time in it i was sort of watching all the panels and things whereas this they had them around the room so i got to have a little a little look at some of the different uh, old style versions of elite that i'd never got to tamper with before yeah i managed to get hold of i have or tried to play rather the archimedes version of elite which was this which is supposed to be the best version of the old, you know, the old school original. Could I play it? Could I L? <laughs> because for some reason, I, I mean, I don't know whether it was just me, but normally what happens when you actually control the old version, when you roll left and roll right, it, it, uh, it dampens the roll after, uh, after a while so that it'll self-righten. But in this case, it all seemed very, very analog. So you had to, in order to slow your roll right, you had to press left until you got to a neutral point. Uh, his flight assist turned off on the Archimedes version. <laughs> it very much felt like it. So I launched expecting, oh, I'll be able to handle this. And next thing I know, the Cobra is is rolling and, and pivoting as it fell into the planet. 
I wonder. I wonder if we're just used to the poor frame rates and the, the, the fact that you can practically single step it, whereas when it starts running smoothly, you, your reactions have to be quicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Oh, that was one thing that really did get me because I was I was st- I stood next to Stephen, and we were looking at all these different versions, and of course the version that I first played was a Spectrum version, and I was looking at it going, "Is it really running that slow?" And he went, no, no, that's how how slow it used to run. And I went, what about one frame a second? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You will not believe, and you will not believe what we had to put up with. Yeah. <sighs> what, right. Suck it. it. Oh, sorry. Go. Sorry, on. I was just going to say, was it your brain filling in the missing frames before? Is that maybe what was? It have to be. <laughs> well, see, yeah, this is the thing because I don't remember it being that slow, but. When I'm playing it on the old native machines, because it was an old Spectrum and there was a uh, there was an original BBC version there, and I was thinking, how did I put up with this? <laughs> it's because it's because basically at the time this was fantastic at one frame a second. <laughs> oh, yeah, Psychic. What about yourself? Artemis. I'd never done Artemis before, like on, on like all of the things. Um, we had no idea what we were fucking doing. It was so much fun. It was so, it was so so much fun. Um, like just playing playing about with it. Um, we had we had one of my team had to drop out in the last minute, um, which um made me have to um scrounge around looking for another team member. I'm not salty about the, that team member dropping out in the last minute, but I I. I'm going to f- figure out some kind of app punishment, eh, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was a very last minute dropout, but but I but I saw I it. saw who my replacement was, and I was like, yeah, yeah you probably so I, you probably scored upwards uh, from that. I, know, when I, came, I, I literally poked my head back into the room, and I made eye contact with one Commander Beetlejuice, and I was like, get here. <laughs> <laughs> They may not have had an option as to whether or not they were going to be doing it, um, but the, yeah, it was um, like it was just a lot of fun. It was a huge amount of fun. Um, I've I've never I haven't had an opportunity to do um, do Artemis before, so um, yeah, that was pretty cool. It was a good it was a good laugh. Um, I didn't even find the Artemis room this year. Did they have well, smoke it machines? Was qu- it was quite a way away. Um, Jude, we were all shite. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, um, we, like, we went to, um, it was kind of like up and then left, and then you had to, like, find it in a little room down the conference, conference rooms early um, areas, but it was good. It was good right. fun. It was really, really good fun. It was super immersive with all the lights and shit like that. Um, yeah, I, I saw it on the live stream later. Yeah. I was just watching play a bit of the live stream, and they feature quite a lot of it. You're probably on there with your with your team, your crack team. Yeah, I I um I buckend um my my hilarity buckends Norman Lovett when he said he needed <laughs> his little bit. Um, so which is which is the reason why Chris wasn't able to um come and come and join in. Um, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I I potentially have some more. But yeah. that was certainly one of my highlights. I've never played Artemis. It's it's one of the things I've always wanted to do, but I've never been, I've never had the guts to go up to people and say, um, "Do you want to be part of a, a crew?" Oh, we should have done one. I've done it before. I'm no expert, but it, it's pretty. It's fun. Yeah, we've got to try for a, a live radio one the next time if we're somewhere where yeah, we've got a bit, sure. of, uh, really a bit of Artemis on the go. I, I did it for the first time at LaveCon 
with uh, Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon um, and had a lot of fun doing that. So I was looking forward to doing it this time, but I, alas, it was not to be. Um, but it was a nice setup this year. It was a nice sort of layout for the little bridge and everything, and uh, very cool getting to be able to to stream a little bit of it, albeit the audio slightly crackly and whatnot. Um, but it was nice to get people to see it. The thing that I want to watch back from Artemis is uh, Captain Sally and Frontier taking on Artemis because I think that'll be hilarious to watch back. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, that's what that's one of the highlights that I've got to I've got to go back and see definitely. Oh, if you find the the timestamp for that, let us know. I wouldn't mind seeing that. <laughs> I want I want to know who who's definitely. Who's filled whose role from um, Frontier? I get the feeling that Dav would be the engineer, and we'd have Sally in charge. But can you imagine R for communications? <laughs> so, so like, apparently, I, I don't, I don't know. But the commun- the communications bit, you can just like literally insult people. <laughs> and just constantly insult people and there was a lot of time during our experience that Kate was like yeah no they're really angry at us yeah no they're really angry at us and I'm like <laughs> what are you doing oh you don't want to know what I'm saying to these people I'm like I kind of do <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just really upset these people I upset, I upset them I spoke to them I said something bad about their dad <laughs> their dad's dead oh fuck <laughs> Ah, there we go. Diplomacy in action. Uh, Captain Pike wouldn't have you on the bridge. Right. Um, <laughs> moving on from, from there. Colin, have you got a highlight? Um, well, yeah, but it's a bit self-serving. <laughs> oh, I bet it was the miniatures game, which looked awesome. I didn't get a go, but it, it looked wonderful. It, it, it was, I had, it was the most fun and the last game was crushingly disappointed <laughs> at uh, at at the same time but um yeah we had, i was able to run two games uh i was hoping to run quite a few more but unfortunately the room was very noisy and my voice was going so i couldn't i couldn't run any more than that um but the in the first one we had a, a the scenario was set up so that uh, the miniatures we had the the t6 uh and you had to it was defended by a whole lot of small ships and you had the asp and a Ferdelance who were supposed to destroy the t6 uh and how shall i put it the t6 never got away in either game <laughs> i may i may have made the pirates a little bit too powerful so they had a uh, they had a, a distinct um a distinct advantage uh, and we had people who had never played it before we had commander homburger little gray on on one side and uh yes it, it it was it was good fun but special mention has to go to arf and tom from frontier because um these guys know how to play this game because they're they're big fans of the x-wing game which originally was the genesis of this and Honestly, we had on the other side we had uh, Double Scorbius and uh, oh, I've forgotten who the third guy is who did booked the game, who had never well Double. I'm going to to classify as the worst player of this game in existence, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's fine with it. <laughs> he enjoys playing it. He just knows he's absolutely rubbish. Because not only did he crash, he crashed his ship into the back of one of his other ships. He crashed it into the T six as well. <laughs> so, yes, it caused it caused 
it made things very easy for Arf and Tom just to turn up and go, well, they're just destroying ourselves. Let's finish it off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was the shortest game ever. I think it only lasted three turns. Well, I take it they won. Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> Within three turns. And poor Scorb, he had, he had these most superb tactics all sorted out in his head. But he couldn't action any of them because the game was over before he could he could uh, put them into into uh, into place. <laughs> I felt so playing sorry a long for... game and there wasn't one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it was it was a good time. I mean, we... Arthur was complaining, of course, because there wasn't a chieftain miniature. So you know, <laughs> but then again, there wasn't a crate miniature either. And uh, yes. So one of the things, I've, I've got a few things to sort out for the next version of the Burpit. But once that's that's done, uh, so if anybody wants to have another go, and if Double's playing, you'll get some easy kills. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed running that for people. Brilliant. Alec, back to you, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, next thing I wanted to mention was just the, the Lego SRV build, actually. Um, I'm, I'm not a, a Lego aficionado, by any means but I, but I really liked the idea behind this so um people might remember but um Nick Webb I think it was on Twitter posted had, had sort of created this beautiful uh, scarab SRV model in Lego you know on the on the on the virtual Lego building thing mm. um so basically what Dave I, I think Dave Pearson maybe someone else as well did is they they downloaded the instructions to build um to actually physically build one of these lego um, srvs and bought two complete sets of bricks um i think each each srv had something like 350 pieces so they bought two sets so 700 800 odd pieces um which they had on a table so the idea was so they had two sets of printed instructions two sets of bricks and the idea was that if every uh, attendee of the of the con placed three bricks, then they could get one of them built. Uh, and if everyone placed, you know, five to six bricks each, then we could get both of them built, and they would both then go in the raffle. And uh, we did it. We we got both of them built. Um, I say we. I, I placed about five bricks right at the beginning, and then buggered off and uh, came back much later, and it was nearly finished. But um, yeah, did you see them? They were amazing. Oh, they, they certainly were amazing. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. got me was how quickly people actually built them. Yeah, I think Tom, uh, Tom Kuehl, Frontiers, Tom Kuehl, has spent quite a lot of time. And uh, yeah, some people certainly did more than their, their allocated three bricks. <laughs> I, I did make a mental nice, note. Instruction bro- Sorry? I did make a mental note to go over and uh, put some bricks in and then completely forgot. <laughs> and then by the, yeah, by the time I, I remembered. I was about to do it, it was done, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what, oh, oh, I don't know, I forget who won them, but one of the two SRVs, the very first four bricks, the sort of chassis of the SRV was built by yours truly. <laughs> the Paphos one won. Paphos won everything. No, Paphos won three things. He's not LCU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, did you see how many tickets the LCU bought? He's about to win them. Yes, for anyone that didn't see the um, the raffle, it's very funny because LCU keeps winning and uh, the way he completely ungraciously accepts his wins was hilarious. Yes, I've beaten you all again! <laughs> the thing is, bless him, he, he obviously 
you you spend the reason he has so many tickets is because he gives so much money to yeah. charity, and um, I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge him that in the slightest. No, not at all. It was lovely. It was it was really funny. Also, the fact that he was sat like with us and being like, "Oh, you, do you need some extra tickets? You can have some of mine." Obviously, us not taking them, but still, that kind of mentality is like, "I'm I bought these tickets, but I'm just going to give them away as well." Um, but no, I, I that that's not the persona that LCU has. So um, obviously, he um, he yells and he does funny things, and it's hilarious. And I love pieces. Did you have a, anybody have an opportunity to play his winking cat game or have a look at his winking cat game? That was the thing I really wanted to win. I, I looked at the winking cat game and he he took me through the uh, the other game that was there as well, which was the 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 Colonia game, uh, and they're phenomenally good. The winking cat game is amazing. I really want mm. it. Yeah, it's yeah. beautifully made. Yes, his his Colonia, his um, his snakes and ladders game. He was chatting to me about whether we could actually run it for real as a sort of do it as a kind of buckyball team race during somebody's <laughs> 24 hour live stream. Yeah. He it, mentioned that to me as well, Alec. Yeah. We need, we need to think about it. <laughs> but it it's a committing a lot of time. That's the only problem. Yeah. How long did he say that using his method could get you to Colonia? Well, you can do it in an hour or an hour and a half. Or something. It's quick. But mm. um, his board game has an awful lot more steps than you actually need to take. Uh, <laughs> the thinking was it would be quite fun to follow the board game. but um, And we were also trying to think, like in a board game, you know, you roll the dice and you, you sometimes land on a snake. But, but if you were actually playing it in Elite Dangerous, why would you deliberately send yourself backwards? So we, <laughs> we were trying to think of cunning ways of people accidentally committing a crime in the wrong place and being sent backwards. Yeah. Okay, Chris, you're up next. Ooh. Um, oh, before before you say anything, can we all just acknowledge the fact that Chris just turned up, um, uh, and he was he was supposed to just chill with the, like, the rest of us, and then he made the mistake of saying, "Do you want a, a hand?" <laughs> to the guys running it, and then before you know it, we hardly saw him because he was just there running a lot of the sound and. Yeah. So can, can we just thank Chris? Indeed. Here, here. Thanks, Chris, a lot. And, and I've seen I've seen Dave Pearson sort of um, saying a lot of very kind words about how you basically took over the sound system and taught him an awful lot about how audio works. And I don't think he's an amateur to start with. I think, you know, Dave's set up enough stages to he ought to know what he's doing. But I, I gather you showed him quite a lot of new stuff that he's... Yeah, it was it was uh, Dave came over on the on the Friday night when we were sitting outside, uh, getting ever more Scottish and slightly drunker <laughs> as the night went on, and said, um, "Little Grey's arrived with the PA system and was chatting away." And I was like, "Oh, I've brought some bits and pieces that can help out if you need it." And when I went through to the room uh, to assist, it was like, um, "Well, you don't have any audio for the stream yet." Um, and uh, little Gray's there with some cables in his hand going, I don't know where any of this goes. So um, we ended up building the the little bit of streaming setup that was in there. But I was I was happy to help out. I was glad that we able, were able to get um, some of the bits and pieces on and let people watch from home some of the stuff that was going on on stage and take part in different things and getting the Artemis on screen, bits like that. Um, it was really, really good. And Dave has been absolutely lovely after the event by dropping me a couple of messages and giving me a little shout out on the forums as a thank you. So um, nice to be appreciated for doing all that. Um, 
And I got to meet lots of lovely people through it as well, which was really nice. There were so many people that were working hard, running about all day, um, doing different bits and pieces. I know that uh, Dave thrives on... Uh, on, on action i think he said in his in his sort of post um and doing that and um, two people that didn't stop I'll, I'll go into my little highlight i know that we kind of did meeting people earlier on however i want to call out since i since i got a little shout out my shout out is going to go to the galnet news team pete and beetlejuice did not stop all day um, no, they didn't. They were doing absolutely everything to the point where I turned around to Pete during the raffle, gave him this little wireless camera, and said, "Hey, Pete, can you go off and be like my action videographer and go and run about and follow stuff for the raffle?" Uh, and he went off and done it. Um, so, and Beetlejuice as well was doing all the arts and the prints in the corner. The, the pair of them were running about all day. Plus, they were in uh, Hutton, they were in Dockers, um, they did their own uh, Galnet bit. So, so my my little shout out, if I'm allowed it, is uh, is to the Galnet team. Yes, yes, always absolutely consummate um, professionals. I mean, the way they just drop into Galnet News Digest and it's so perfect. And yeah, brilliant. both lovely folk, indeed. Mm. Yeah, I'd like that. Funny that people say oh, you don't sound Scottish. Somehow later on in the night, I did. <laughs> I liked the post that I saw. I didn't see it until the next day from Psychic going, this table's it got, got really Scottish. Scottish. <laughs> it, got, it was suddenly really, really Scottish. Um, I, re- I noticed it. I noticed it with um, when you get when you get really Scottish, when um, people get really Scottish, because um, obviously um, uh, my husband is also, also really Scottish. But um, I don't recognize it in his accent as much as when suddenly three of you get together and then um i was like picking out like friday at 10 o'clock um, i've said this to you to um, like quite a few people at about 10 o'clock on friday my social my social meter went yeah no claire mate you're done <laughs> you can't, can't stop doing that now um, and i think it was at that point i was only recognizing like maybe every other <laughs> third word that you guys are saying and I was like at this point yeah no your social media is um, shot mate off you go um, but it was also a, oh god my husband's got really Scottish <laughs> loads of many different things I just remember learning some absolutely terrifying things about the Glasgow ice cream van wars yes <laughs> <laughs> never buying an ice cream from a van in Glasgow again it was a really good time <laughs> Oh dear. So yeah, it's like it. You're next. <laughs> you're next oh gosh, if you've got one. Oh gosh. So um, a lot of it, a, a lot of it was just for me. I, I didn't really participate in a lot of things. You know, there wasn't um, like um, Artemis was really the thing that I did. The rest of it was just like watching my friends enjoy themselves, seeing um seeing folks um that I that I absolutely love to pieces and um haven't haven't had that opportunity to to hang out. Having having the usual sort of like usual Saturday night thing where a bunch of us just sort of like sit together until two, two o'clock in the morning and and talk shit. Um <laughs> that that kind of thing like the the though the this it's a so for for someone who's got like a really really struggles with their social media at the moment it's a socializing part that i love more than anything else um structured activities and things like that you can give a give or take but it was quite it was quite nice just like 
hanging around, hanging around, um, hanging around with Chris, with uh, um, with some of the like the streamy stuff, um, reading chat, talking to folks, all of like nonsense bits where um, that just culminate culminate together to make like a whole of a fun thing. I wasn't particularly well on the Saturday and then the Sunday and then yesterday and today. I've not been like a hundred percent. So the fact that I managed to surface at least a little bit, um, I, I managed to get down when I did because I, I genuinely believed that Saturday was going to be an entire write off, and I was just like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> you know, I've come all this way. Um, I want to, I want to experience it, but a lot of it was just like sat and just chatting to folks, um, and yeah, just in, in enjoying myself that way. Yeah, I mean, I must admit when we were with. Uh, at the end of the Saturday night when we were talking with uh, Darren and Tom, we discovered that actually if you are working on Elite Dangerous, it is quite hard and no. it is quite time consuming. How could it possibly be? Not Elite, surely. <laughs> and yeah, my respect for Darren just went up through the roof when he was explaining how difficult it had been to do certain things, which we thought were a piece of cake. Interesting. Oh, I missed that conversation. <laughs> and one of the funniest things that Tom said to me was sort of, you know, I always really enjoy listening to to the socials, the social media side of things. But the one thing I do hate is when yourselves and when uh, down to earth astronomy or or loose screws, we all say is, oh, it shouldn't be that hard to put that in. <laughs> I think we always put it. I think there's always air quotes when we say those things because you know, just press the button, just press the button that makes that thing happen. How hard yeah. can it be? <laughs> yeah, because because when Darren was telling us how difficult it was to put in the Anaconda graveyard and how many times he really? was there trying to put it in and how difficult it was to finally get it right, you suddenly realize how difficult it would be to put in some of the things that we've requested. And you you sort of there thinking, ooh, if if it was easy to put in, we would have them by now. I think, you know, it's just, yeah, that's nice. Wish I'd been in that one. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, one of the other things that was I I thought was a bit of a highlight was the the Farragut um, the Farragut cruiser mm. when they handed and presented that to Dav. Because he wasn't expecting funniest it. part of that, the funniest, funniest part of that was we were we were just sort of like sat around it a little bit and having having a bit of a chat. And Tom wanders over and he goes, "Oh, well, that's not a Farragut," and then like begins to carry on his day. As in Tom, one yeah. of the designers of Elite, went, "That's not a Farragut," and moved on. <laughs> it was very funny. It was very funny when he got closer to it. He realised his mistake, but. Um, uh, it it was it, I, I guess it was a have you have to be there moment, but it was very very funny. Yeah, it made me giggle. That <laughs> that model terrified me for the entire day because it was put on the desk at the very front. Every time I moved cables or went underneath the desk, I was absolutely terrified that I was going to accidentally stand up, bump the table, and the thing was going to go cascading onto the floor. <laughs> it looked absolutely stunning, but it terrified me to do anything close to it just in case yeah. I broke it. 
Well, Norm, Norman Lovett nearly passed it, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. what you picked up when it wasn't meant to be picked up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, obviously the other thing that we, we should mention is that we had a guest appearance from Norman Lovett, who, who for those of you who do not know, that's Holly from uh, Red Dwarf. Uh, he plays the computer Holly. Uh, and, yeah, it, it's... <laughs> He is a very elderly gentleman now, uh, but he, he was still able to hold his own with uh, some hecklers in the crowd. Oh, that that moment was um, was yeah. I, I think that was another personal <laughs> highlight actually. When he yeah, well, <laughs> he basically confronted Hector and said, "I'll take you down, motherfucker." <laughs> he got seventy-six. Seventy-six-year-old man telling that to somebody. <laughs> it was so unexpected. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Nordman Lovett turned up, and he was he was posing with selfies and with uh, uh, basically doing autographs, and, and all the money he was doing was going to charity. So the special effect and hearing dogs were were the main beneficiaries there. So yeah, with, and of course there was Alvin the Alvin the the head of the Hutton Truckers. He was there. <laughs> Alvin with his little name badge for the entire day, um, which I which I loved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did anybody else have a go at the um uh at the racing rigs at the back? Yes, yes, I had several goes at that. <laughs> I, I, was, I just go did on. Did you? Did you, Colin? Yes I did, and I realised how much better my son is at driving racing cars than I am. <laughs> Yeah, I was terrible. I mean, clearly, without any boosters to get the damn thing off the ground, those Formula One cars just are not my forte at all. <laughs> I managed to mow down my own pit crew, and apparently at one point I flew straight across Osric's screen, who was <laughs> racing next to me. And <laughs> but, um, Yeah, it was good fun. <laughs> yeah, it's very nice to set up for people that weren't there. They had four um, PCs at the back um, with sort of, uh, full sort of pedals and gear sticks and steering wheel setups, so you could all race next, race each other. It's great fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought I was doing quite well. I really did thought I was doing quite well, and then I span off at one corner at Spa, and then the next thing I know, everybody else had passed me, and that was it. I was back of the grid, <laughs> and then I got, and then I got black flagged, which I still think's unfair. <laughs> Yeah, I got disqualified. I don't know why. I, well, I assume mowing down my pit crew probably didn't. You probably that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't think that would work too well. No. I mean, they were in the way. But... Get out of my way, you horrible people! Um, yeah, Chris Psyche, have you got any other um, highlights you'd like to talk about? Um, I quite like the beginning of uh, Hutton with uh, the the Frontier Dev team jumping in. Um, I thought that was it was nice of them to take part. <laughs> it was very good. Mm. I, I think Dave wrote it about five minutes, literally yes. two minutes before they took to the stage as well. Yeah, it was very nice of them to take part. I didn't get the chance to speak to Arf or Sally, but I, I was lucky enough that I got to speak to uh, Darren and Tom at the 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 two o'clock uh, <laughs> the two o'clock mark. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because off in the corner, I think me and Arf were bonding over the fact that we used to play the Star Wars arcade game. Because uh, Eve Tolbert had brought down this games console, which ran old arcade games, and there was the, we got hammered at Gauntlet, and then we played the Star Wars arcade game, and it realised how much better the X-wing fighter was. 
than, than we thought it than than it was in our minds, which was which was fun. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a good one. Talking of playing games, I because I'm sure I've seen this around, and I'm sure somebody here will instantly know what it is. But I didn't know what the game was called. What was the ludicrous game on the big screen where you controlled a sort of ragdoll human? Who who flopped around and gang beasts? Is that gang beasts? Gang beasts, I think. Yeah. Oh my god, that was hilarious! I was playing that for quite a long time on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, gang, gang beasts is, is the funniest beat 'em up. <laughs> it's, it's proper drunk fighting. Uh, so, um, <laughs> the, there is one rather amusing thing to to end on, I guess. Unless anybody's got anything else, go for it. Well, um, for those of you who who remember the first LaveCon, uh, we shared the the hotel with a wedding party, and and the story of the the naked bride where everybody rallied round to help someone, um, it, it has gone down in in LaveCon history. Well, there was a wedding party at the place this time round, and. Um, there was one point where, yes, there did seem to be a naked woman running around the hotel at one point. So much so that I I asked, I thought I'd had too much to drink. You, you turned to me and you, you went, am I seeing that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yes, absolutely you are. <laughs> Just as you were about to go into your room, you turned to me and was like, did I see that right? Because we were yeah. all on the same stretch of corridor, and I bet you she didn't expect to see any fucker there. But that, let alone like ten people round onto the corridor at that very bless her. I have uh, to say, I do, I do sort of feel for it, it. It is odd, you know, like you. So there were two bars. We had our own sort of little um, bar that opened up right outside the room with all the with all the kit in it. But then you could walk. You could walk just past reception to the main bar, which is where the wedding was, uh, which I did a couple of times. And it, it is odd because you've got all these people that have, you know, they're, they're, they've they're all dressed up. They've they've tried their best, you know, to dress their absolute smartest, and they're mingling at the bar with a bunch of filthy t-shirted, you know, <laughs> computer nerds. It, it's so odd. It's such a strange mix. Funny though. It was all the little kids from the wedding who really, really wanted to come into the room and play video games who were being told, no, 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 we're going back to the wedding. <laughs> As they oh, oh, yeah. looked, looked through the door at all these different games consoles yeah. and things getting played in the corner. You have reminded me, actually, I was talking earlier about um, uh, Commander Blastard's uh, full motion VR rig in the corner there. I did... I did Go back to it at one point, and one of the hotel staff was was strapped yeah, into it and was flying a, a spaceship just over a landscape. And he looked absolutely transfixed. I mean, he must have been there for half an hour. You know, you could sort of just see the smile on his face. I'm, I'm guessing he'd not experienced anything like it before. <laughs> I could just imagine him going home and going, I need to buy a VR set, a big PC, and this game called Elite Dangerous immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i'd just like to the opportunity to say thanks to everybody that i met thanks to everybody who who thanked me for leave radio even though I, I did point out there was a lot of the rest of us here that happened quite a lot i did get the usual you look nothing like your voice which still gets me every single time who does the people come up to me and say you look nothing like your voice yes no, well, how, I mean, are, you, how are you supposed to look like your voice 
Yeah. Because your voice is a sound. Sound doesn't have... But you do build a picture, don't you? You imagine what somebody's going to be like, and they very rarely are. <laughs> Which is all fine. Yeah, Lovely. so I'd, I'd just like to thank everybody who came up and talked to me. I, I apologise because I was having real trouble reading card names at that point, mostly due to the hangover. <laughs> Yeah, but and also, also, the issue with that is that you don't want to think that you don't know who the person is. Do you, you know, like sometimes, I, I, some of these people I have 100% spoken to before and I feel really bad because there is a visible shift when you look down to see where the name badge is and then look back up. And I get really self-conscious of that, that I'm just like, oh, I need to. I want to yeah. know who I'm speaking to um, all of the time. So apologies to anyone who I actively searched out your name badge for, especially if we've spoken spoken before i'm really really sorry i'm terrible with faces I think, my apologies I think we all do it and i think you know it's just a part and parcel and obviously people um will be going to pitcon soon next month and experiencing the same thing um i would suggest no shame in that look at somebody's name badge and go oh you are so and so um you know it's, mm. it's, all, it's all fine how are we supposed to know who we are until we do True. that True, I just get really self-conscious about yeah, it. Yeah, it does feel weird, but, but go, I, I, do it anyway. I just wish people would wear big name badges in real life. You know, sort of big game just show. Whack it on their forehead, uh, yeah, whack it on their forehead, or you know those big ones that you get on game shows. Just something like that to help me out because yeah, <laughs> I I always feel really really terrible when I'm going. It's their name is and it's playing through your head the entire time. It gets about twenty times worse when they come up and go, "Oh, Chris, how are you doing?" And I'm going, "I have no idea. <laughs> I've spoken to yeah, you before, sure. and I can't remember your name." Um, so I felt I felt super guilty, but um, yeah, it's it's not just you; it's one hundred percent everyone else as well. My friend, <laughs> hey oh, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> fuck me. Uh, I know it's it, it's it's a very weird. To be fair, feeling. to be fair, if you say um, hi, Chris, if you're at least me, I'm getting it right ninety percent of the time at this point. <laughs> Yeah, if you're approaching yeah, a Levian and say Chris. Three Chris's. <laughs> <laughs> we need more Chris's. <laughs> no, more we Chris's. do not. Yes, more. We're taking over. And welcome the Chris Mark 9. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did make a suggestion to Tom that they should put in the Chris, they should put in the Cobra Mark 5, which is the same as the Cobra Mark 4, but just slightly worse. <laughs> ah, dear. Anyway. Uh, I think we will wrap up the ECM discussion there um, <laughs> because, let's be honest, uh, there's probably an awful lot more that we didn't cover because uh, there's an awful lot going on. And no doubt Dave and company will all be talking about it at uh, uh, Hutton Orbital. But, um, yeah, does anybody have any other business they'd like to bring up? Hey! I've got a show called Roll for Adventure. It's the only show that I pimp for the whole time. I have a D&D show called Roll for Adventure, which is on on Sunday. I should really do some prep for that. <laughs> yeah, as long as you give your voice a rest, you should be fine. Oh, man, I'll be all right. Yeah. Um, I will not be here next week. Um, hopefully, Ben might be back, actually. Is Ben back next week? I think he might be. Who knows? <laughs> So let's um, roll those dice and see what happens. Uh, critical one. Oh dear. Oh, that was that was one of the the funniest things was that um, there was one roll which was an absolute miracle roll 
they had, I think Arf had one of the other ships dead to rights. He was going to shoot on the Cobra. And it was, it was, it was a, a dead cert. There was nothing the Cobra could do except rule a double zero, which of course is a one in a hundred chance. Guess what happened? No. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was, it was one of those moments where you just went, that's not supposed to happen. It didn't Rich, do anything. Loaded, loaded dice. <laughs> it didn't do anything to change the outcome of the game, of course, because at that point, double crashed into the T6. But but still, it was nice to see. So let's do our shout-outs. Our sister station, Hot and Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30. You can tune in at twitch.tv, Hot and Orbital Truckers. Or if you just want the audio, go to Um We don't know whether there will be a show this week, uh, but... Uh, that's where they'll be if they do one. Uh, for the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Is it true that he, he used the, uh, the the virtual VR rig? No. The motion rig, just exclusively for CQC? No, well, that, I don't think that's how he plays it. Elite. That's how he plays Elite, yeah. So that's how he's become... Well, I mean... I'm not saying it's an advantage, but yeah, that's the way he plays. So he he's the second, I believe, the second highest CQC player in the world. <laughs> right. Well, we'll give shout outs to the following uh Elite Dangerous podcasts, which are well, there's the guard frequency who do other space games as well. But we've also got to congratulate the loose screws, because last night they had their four year anniversary show. They did, and and well done, Colin, for turning up at two in the morning to say hi. I just heard that today. <laughs> Bravo! Yeah, I was originally supposed to just send them a message, but I fell asleep instead of doing the message, and then woke up just before they started and went, "Well, might as well." Well, I'm here. <laughs> I was awake. I should have gone and said hello. <laughs> do we have a Galnet news this week? We do have a Galnet news. Excellent. So following this, we'll have a, a Galnet news as provided by the lovely Commander Wotherspoon and the fantastically arty Commander Beetlejuice. Uh, we'd also like to thank everybody who's chipped in in the Twitch chat. And uh, how many in-game commanders have you got, Chris? Uh, we've had a few that have dropped in around the bar. We've had uh, William Solo, Baron Flint, uh, Kid Forever, uh, Marco S. Ramos, and Tony B. Excellent. Excellent. Well, special thanks also goes to Commander Tokoso, Jay and Trax, and Alan Stride, who have all created music for the show. But that's it for this rather laid-back episode of Lay Radio. If you'd like to get in touch then you, with the show, you can then contact us in the in the link section under home slash contact us on the website. Uh, if do let us know if you have any questions or if there is anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to Psychit. I'm going to go back to sleep now. Yeah, you deserve it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to play Baldur's Gate for, ages, for hours. You know it. We all know it. It's a fucking lie. I've not mentioned Baldur's Gate this whole stream and I'm mentioning it now. <laughs> Shit! I thought I'd get away with it today. Damn it! I don't think there was, I think, one conversation you had without mentioning Baldur's Gate. Ask me about it, Colin. What am I supposed to do? What's that? What's that on your phone lock screen? Oh, yeah, it's just on my Baldur's Gate. 
Yes, I've got a screenshot over it on my phone. Yes, I can stop at any time. True story. When I first got to ECM and found Psychic, she was all she cared about was like getting enough bandwidth on the internet to get all the screen to money. To the internet to make sure that it updated and it got all my cloud saves because because that was my out. And that was my stay away from everything. Listen, this game has got a fucking chokehold on me, and I just need to complete it at least four more times. <laughs> I mean, four more. I've not even completed it yet. I just need to complete it like five times and then I'll go. <laughs> then I do we'll play work. other games. We'll walk you back to the to the space game eventually. <laughs> you just got to go do a few fireballs first. Um, yes, I'll thank to, of course, Alec Turner. Thank you, Colin. Good night. All. I hope we're all feeling a bit perkier next week. <laughs> and special thanks goes of course to today's tech specialist and contributor and fellow <laughs> and fellow Polish person <laughs> think Chris Mark for you're welcome so uh, until next time commanders fly safe and if you can do that fly dangerous News Digest, 19th, or is it the 22nd of August, 3309. On Saturday the 19th of August, Commanders held their first face-to-face get-together for more than a year. This was ECM, the Elite Community Meet. The previous one was the last ever LaveCon. On the 16th of July, 3308, 399 days earlier. Galnet News Digest obliged by presenting a recap of the galactic events of those 399 days. 
It was quite an interesting time, spanning the construction of the Proteus wave, all the way through to the recent discovery of another Proteus-like ancient battleground between Guardians and Thargoids. As this digest was seen by only the 160 commanders present, and by the most resolute of remote viewers, we thought we'd save ourselves the time of writing any new content by reading the very same script through a second time. After all, the Leave Radio crew never listened to Galnet Digest anyway. <laughs> Our last gathering was in 3308, on an unusually hot planet with lots of roundabouts. Back then, commanders were busily transporting Guardian relics to HIP-22460 to help Salvation construct a new weapon to end the Thargoid encroachments into human space, once and for all. Called the Proteus Wave, this weapon was based on technology rediscovered on the site of an ancient battle between the Guardians and the Thargoids in the Trapezium Sector. The superpowers committed themselves to support Salvation and his organisation, Azimuth Biotech. Aegis had been shut down earlier in the year after accusations of inefficiency and incompetence. On the 9th of August last year, the Proteus wave was fired, and it changed the galaxy forever. Far from being the bug killer Salvation had promised, the whole thing backfired, making the Thargoids very, very cross. Salvation was toasted to a crisp, although some believe he may have lived on as a disembodied electronic consciousness, or possibly as a head in a jar, alongside Richard Nixon. His ship, the Bright Sentinel, turned green and toxic. The Thargoids called for help, and we were able to watch the progress of what became known as Stargoids, whizzing towards the bubble. Peace activists built a megaship, the Kingfisher, to go out and say hello to our new celestial neighbours. But the Thargoids weren't having any of it. The Kingfisher turned a caustic green colour, just like the Bright Sentinel, and the Thargoids swept on. The first of the Stargoids reached the Heidi Sector FB-NB7-6 system at the end of November, and it transpired that the Thargoids really were quite cross. A number of systems close to the Maelstrom Tyrannus were taken over by the Thargoids, and the human populations were killed, captured, or displaced. Seven more Stargoids followed, and by the end of the year we had eight so-called Maelstroms to contend with. But it was all right, because Vista Genomics randomly decided to massively increase the payout for Dyson scanning random planets, which gave the most sensible commanders a good reason to leave the bubble behind. 3309 continued to be all about the Thargoids. There was a bit of fuss in the California Nebula when Archon Delane tried to oust the Alliance, but it turned out the Alliance was better at guerrilla tactics than the Pirate King. And the federal election to replace Zachary Hudson got underway. Little did we know, the election would be postponed by six months or more, with Hudson ineligible to stand for re-election. The odds-on favourite remains Shadow President Winters, although the wise money is on right in Canada. Commander LCU, no fool like one. We'll probably find out next year. With the superpowers realising that perhaps Salvation hadn't been all that good after all, Admiral Tanner was pardoned and Aegis was set back up. It gradually developed the technology to get pilots to the heart of the Maelstroms, one painful step at a time. 
When we got to the middle of the maelstrom, we discovered a very big Thargoid ship. A very, very big Thargoid ship, called a Titan, leading immediately and inevitably to calls for commanders to be allowed to pilot the Titan themselves. Other than picking the Titan's nose for biological samples, there doesn't seem to be much we can do with them yet. But Aegis is allegedly working on something we can use to humanely persuade the Titans to go back to the Call 70 sector, where they belong. All this time there was a war going on. It took us time to realise that the best way to head off the Thargoids was to disrupt their attempts to scout out alert systems. We finally realised what we were doing wrong when some very nice people from the Pilots' Federation stopped dropping hints and instead spelled it out very slowly and carefully in capital letters. And someone else kindly limited the number of new alert systems to 40. Since the middle of May we have slowly been driving the Thargoids out. Which may be why the Thargoids have recently deployed the Barnacle Matrices, which makes systems invulnerable to our attempts to oust the Thargoids. With no alert systems turning into invasions, some of the more enjoyable anti-Thargoid combat is temporarily unavailable, but we can now take missions to power up settlements in Thargoid-controlled systems, something that makes the Thargoid bloodhounds, the Revenants, very cross indeed. The Far God megaship, the Dedicant, went missing in June, but it's alright! we found it again! Like the Bright Sentinel and the Kingfisher before it, it had gone a funny green colour, but this time there were no bodies. Those who'd been on board became the first victims of the Thargoid Sentinels, which collect human beings, possibly to keep in a Thargoid zoo. And now we seem to have come full circle, with another ancient Guardian Thargoid battleground discovered. Will Disembodied Salvation use this new site to come up with a design for Proteus Wave 2? Will we fall for a smooth patter a second time? Will Aegis come up with a way to shift the Titans? Will Vista Genomics realise they're paying Void Opal prices for biological scan data? Will the federal presidential election ever happen? Come back next year and we'll let you know. The next face-to-face -face gathering of Commanders is on the 16th of September, just four weeks after ECM, and we'll be presenting another live edition of Galnet News Digest. Unless something truly momentous happens in the galaxy between now and then, we'll need to come up with something more original than another retrospective. Why not come along and find out what we do?